The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii. Apostolic Faith Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour a blessing. Hi and praise the Lord, everyone. I'm Head Pastor Billy Hahn, Jr. Thank you for joining us today. We welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade telecast being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on Station XD TV, Channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on Station KPSC, Channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on Station KB TV, Channel 8 and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV, Channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME, Channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KOTR-TV, Channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY, Channel 9 in El Centro, California, and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 p.m. on station KZJO, Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. From 11 to 12 midnight on station KGBY-TV, Channel 20 in Grand Junction, Colorado and from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church located at 1043 Middle Street is the headquarters of the gospel of the Kingdom of God for the whole world with the sign of the roof of the temple, Jesus Coming Soon, a landmark in Kali for over 95 years and our prayer tower, the first of its kind in Hawaii, dedicated exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Lachbaum on August 4, 1923, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William M. Hahn Sr. in 1959, who continued the gospel to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, since wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is those of you in the hospitals and conference and homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. Accepting Jesus into your life, viewers, and asking him to, in heartfelt sincerity to forgive you for your shortcomings is the first step towards acknowledging you are a sinner and want him to lead and guide you daily. 
Listen as our church choir and the leadership of Emilia Hahn sing for us this comforting song entitled Softly and Tenderly. Accompanying our choir will be Edith Matsuki on the piano and Iris Loch on the organ. Yeah. 
Praising and lifting the name of Jesus on high, putting Him first in your life, and reading His words daily are some of the many ways you can show your love for Jesus. The men and women of our church band under my direction will play for you this inspiring song entitled, Oh, How I Love Jesus.
Our soloist this morning is Associate Pastor Timothy Hahn Sr. as he sings his spirited song entitled, I'm in this church. Are you in church too, viewers? Worshiping and praising the Lord? Learning about his teachings and instilling them in your hearts and that of your family? The time is running out before Jesus returns in clouds of glory to call his people home. Today is the day of salvation, but tomorrow is not promised to us. I'm in this church, this glorious church. I didn't join, no, I was born. I had a new birth, some glorious thing. Gonna sail away. It's by His grace, not by my works. I'm in this church, I'm in this church, this glorious church. I didn't join, no, I was born. I've had a new birth, some glorious day, gonna sail away, it's by His grace, not by my works, I'm in this church. When Jesus came, He was left out, there was no place, He wasn't welcome here on earth, but He had a plan of a house that shall forever stand. He spoke those words upon this rock. I'll build my church. I'm in this church, this glorious church. I didn't join, no, I was born. I've had a new birth. Some glorious thing, gonna sail away. It's by His grace, not by my works. I'm in this church. In this church, this glorious church, I didn't join, no, I was born, I've had a new birth, some glorious thing, gonna sail away, it's by His grace, not by my works, I'm in this church, when Jesus came, He was left out. There was no place he wasn't welcome here on earth. But he had a plan of a house that shall forever stand. He spoke those words upon this rock. I'll build my church. I'm in this church, this glorious church. I didn't join, no, I was born. I've had a new birth, some glorious thing gonna sail away it's by his grace not by my works i'm in this church i'm in this church this glorious church i didn't join no i was born i've had a new birth some glorious thing gonna sail away it's by his grace not by my works i'm in this church it's by His grace, not by my works. By His grace, not by my works. By His grace, not by my works. I'm in this church. For born-again believers who are blood-washed, water-washed, spirit-filled, and living the life, we patiently await the trump of God to sound. As written in 1 Thessalonians 4, 16-17 in part, The dead in Christ shall rise first, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them, in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. 
Our church choir once again will sing this lively number entitled Goodbye World Goodbye. Please join in singing as the words appear on your television screen. When the 
In Lamentations, the third chapter, 22nd to the 25th verse, it reads, It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. How is your faith this morning, viewers? Is it ready to receive Jesus as both Lord and Savior? He calls us once, twice, thrice, and then no more. Blessed this morning, we have a string ensemble playing for us this wonderful tune entitled, Great is Thy Faithfulness.
Are you a grumble viewers or are you a positive person? Are you a pessimist or an optimist? Do you look for problems or are you a problem solver? The next group of singers known as the Jubilees under the direction of Emilia Hahn will sing a robust song entitled Grumblers. It gives me great pleasure to dedicate this wonderful song to Mr. and Mrs. Clarence and Carol Hahn. May the good Lord bless you both pressed on and overflowing in this life and that to come. Have a fantastic Sunday.
Ireland, praise the Lord, everyone. My social friends, Jose Janak. And I'd like to repeat our traveling time, station, and locations in the Canada and US for viewing audience. As far as if any event of it or revived in California, this broadcast can be every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV, channel 13 in San Diego. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBSC, channel 13 in Palm Springs. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV, channel 8, and Comcast channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBU TV, channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBME, channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino. From 6, 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTO TV, channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KACY, channel 9 in Central California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, channel 34 in Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZGO, channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. From 11 to 12 midnight on station KGBY, TV, channel 20 in Grand Junction, Colorado. And from 7 to 8 a.m. on Tamil Nakima, channel 53 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about the gospel work and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. And our concerning gospel service here in Homestead, Hawaii, service at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel service at 10 a.m. and divine healing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begins at 9 a.m. and prayer service held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. At our Kauai Best Church located at 13 Strong Polo Avenue, gospel service held on Sundays and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. The same schedule observed by neighbor branch churches a service all conducted by Pastor Roger Bikasnishir in the Kalaka Kamalukai, by Pastor Kenneth Alvaro in Hainamawe, by Pastor Walter Haitino in Hino, Hawaii, by Pastor Leonard Kiwana Sonasin in Kola, Kauai, by Pastor Hannah Vesperra in Bogo, Kiwain, and Pastor Vesper Vesperra in Pastor Batamino, Philippines. We welcome to attend this service regarding our church affiliations. There are no connections. I have been designed to volunteer and continue to support this telecast in the Lord's work. You may do so by sending your donation address designated concern of the telecast. And I would like to return our program back to head pastor, Billy and Jojo, who bring forth this spirit-directed and spirit-defined service. Pastor Billy? Thank you, Jose. One of the reasons I truly feel blessed is that I have the opportunity to share the good news of the glorious gospel of the kingdom of God with you, our TV congregation, through these weekly telecasts. Man's human instincts causes him to embrace sin and shun the Lord's sacrifice and call to everlasting life through his salvation. It is my sincere desire that you will not fail to heed the Lord's commandment to repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus. I pray that as a result of the gospel message you will hear today entitled, The Man That God Uses. Now God said that David was a man after his own heart. We all know that David's life was not perfect, but we know that he loved God with all the favor of his soul. He had one great ambition. He wanted to build a great temple for the Lord. He kept the dream alive in his heart down through the years. He was getting along in years, and he realized he did not have many days on the earth. God spoke to him and said, David, it is good that you had a dream in your heart to build a house for me, but you have been a warrior, a man of blood. You will not build that temple, but your son Solomon will build it in your stead. Reading 1 Chronicles 29.1, Furthermore, David the king said unto all the congregation, Solomon, my son, whom alone God had chosen, is yet young and tender. And the work is great, for the palace is not for man, but for the Lord God. 
And David said, before I die, I want to make an offering for the building so that the work will go on after I am dead. We read in the third verse, Moreover, because I have set my affection to the house of God, I have of my own proper good of gold and silver, which I have given to the house of my God, over and above all that I have prepared for the holy house. Then David said to the people, Who will, then will consecrate his service this day unto the Lord? In other words, he meant, Who will join me in this offering? And the people responded nobly, as you read in the ninth verse. Then the people rejoiced, for that they offered willingly, because with perfect heart they offered willingly to the Lord. And David the king also rejoiced with great joy. David rejoiced and praised the Lord. Listen to David's prayer of praise, which I think is one of the most beautiful prayers in the Bible. We read from the 10th to the 13th verses. Wherefore David blessed the Lord before all the congregation, and David said, Blessed be thou, Lord God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. For all that is in the heaven and the earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come of thee, and thou reignest over all. And in thine hand is power and might, and in thine hand it is to make great and to give strength unto all. Now, therefore, our God, we thank thee and praise thy glorious name. Thus, we see that the king and his people gave of their substance with sincerity and singleness of heart and gave willingly and not of necessity. Consecration and joy are close companions. The word consecrate means to set apart for God's use and God's service. This is the highest step in a Christian's life. The first step is salvation. The religious world is all mixed up on the matter of salvation. Instead of looking into the Bible, the world is to its own wisdom and knowledge. Some people say that all men are the children of God, which is true. But to be a child of God, one must be born again. Many say they don't need salvation. They do not need the experience of conversion. They say that it was not necessary for Christ to come and die upon a cross, since all of us are saved anyway. If such were the case, then this theory does, this theory does away with all Bible truths. Some people say that we are saved by joining a church or going through some kind of religious ceremony. They make the church the Savior. Yet the Bible tells us in Acts 4.12, Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Some people say they are saved by good works. They think of salvation as a ladder that every gift of good deed adds another rung to it. They hope to climb the ladder to heaven. We read in Ephesians 2, 8 to 9, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Grace is the love and kindness of God, our Savior, towards man. It does not concern the works of righteousness which we have done. Now what is involved in the matter of salvation? First, salvation indicates a lost condition. This is the condition of all men without Jesus Christ. Yes, viewers, he that believeth not the Son is condemned already. You look at yourself in the mirror, TV viewers, and you say, you are terrific. There are many others worse than you. That may be true, but the fact still remains that without Jesus, one is yet eternally lost. We read in John 3, 19, and this is the condemnation that light is coming to the world, and men love darkness rather than light 
because their deeds were evil. Salvation indicates a consciousness of that lost condition. This is what is meant by conviction. The sinner must realize that he is lost. There is none righteous, no, not one, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. In fact, our righteousness is as filthy rags in the sight of God. No one is ever saved until he realizes that he is lost. No man is saved as long as he holds on to his sin. One must put his faith in Jesus as Savior. A man loves a woman. He believes that she is a fine woman and will make him a good wife. But she does not become his wife until he stands before the minister and receives her as his wife. Yes, dear viewers, you can believe everything wonderful about Jesus, but you are not saved until you receive him as your personal Savior, Master, and Lord. In the city of Jericho, there lived a man by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a rich man. He earned his money by collecting taxes for the Roman government and keeping a large percent of it for himself. One day, Jesus came to the city. Zacchaeus had heard about the Savior and wanted to see him. Being too short to see Jesus above the heads of the crowd, he climbed a sycamore tree. When Jesus came along, he stopped under the tree and invited Zacchaeus to come down. Zacchaeus came down and received Jesus gladly. Like Zacchaeus, we must come down from our pride to the level of Jesus. We read Luke 19, 8-10. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. By Mosaic law, five oxen had to be restored for one wrongly taken and a four sheep for one sheep. Zacchaeus as a tax gatherer for the Romans was hated by the Jews, but he observed the Hebrew standard for rectitude. And Jesus said unto him, This day salvation come to this house, for as much as he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Yes, Zacchaeus turned from his sin by receiving Jesus and his Savior as the greatest experience in life is the experience of conversion. Yes, viewers, you come to realize that your sins have been forgiven. You realize that you are no longer a child of Satan, but a child of God. You realize that you are not on the road to hell, but you are on the road to heavenly home. And how do you accomplish this? The answer is simple, being born again, of course. Jesus tells us, I am the way, the truth, and the life. For no man cometh unto the Father but by me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. Nicodemus, a secret believer in the Lord, came to Jesus by night, hoping to learn about the way. He was a man of position, of prominence, of power, and probably of great wealth. But Nicodemus was not satisfied with what he had. There was a hunger in his heart. The things of the world did not satisfy him. He was always reaching out for something that would bring him happiness. But joy, happiness, and peace seemed always to elude him. Then he heard about Jesus and the wonderful work he was doing, healing all manner of sickness and diseases. Thus, under the cover of darkness, Nicodemus slipped out to see Jesus and said, No man can do these miracles except God be with him. Yes, God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. Nicodemus poured out his heart to Jesus. And Jesus looked into the soul of this hungry-hearted Pharisee and said, Nicodemus, you must be born again. You have many things that the world can give you, but you'll never, never find peace and joy until you have been born again. The world is full of men who are trying to find happiness in this world. They go everywhere and do everything to find some zest in life, but their search is in vain. 
To them today, Jesus would say, you're seeking for salvation in the wrong places. Come unto me and be born again, and all the joys of earth and heaven will be yours. Jesus said, as we read in John 3, 3, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Yes, viewers, you may see many wonderful things in this world. You may see the Grand Canyon, but you'll never see the tree of life in heaven unless you have been born again. You may see the great cities of the world, but you'll never see the holy city of the New Jerusalem unless you have been born again. You may see the great countries of the world in all their splendor, but you'll never see that land which is fairer than day unless you've been born again. You may live in the finest mansions that money can buy, but you'll never see the Father's house or many mansions unless you've been born again. Jesus said he must be born again. He emphasized the must. This is one of his divining imperatives. We read John 3, 5, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. To be born of water is to be baptized by immersion and in the name of Jesus Christ, according to Acts 2.38. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. To be born of the Spirit is to be baptized with the Holy Spirit, speaking in an unknown tongue or language. According to the Bible, this is the only evidence which can be used to verify and confirm that one has received the Holy Ghost. Listen to Acts 2.4, And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Mary, the mother of Jesus, was praying in the upper room. Thus on the day of Pentecost, she too received the gift of the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues. Consequently, if Mary needed the Holy Ghost, how much more then do we need the Holy Spirit to withstand the endless waves of Satan's fiery darts? Now, viewers, the second step upward is the step of separation. By separation, I mean that there are some places to which a Christian cannot go. There are some things which a Christian cannot do. Yes, viewers, if you are a Christian, then the world is looking at you, and they need to see a difference in you. Jesus tells us in Matthew 5, 16, Let your light so shine before men, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. The best witness to the world is the life we live free from sin. A true born-again Christian has a position to maintain in order to win souls for Jesus. For he that winneth souls is a wise man. A trucking company had a certain sign on his gate. Every worker saw the sign as he entered. The sign bore the words, Beyond this gate, you are the company. Therefore, to the born-again Christian, the words are beyond the doors of the church. You are the church. You are a representative and ambassador of Jesus Christ. Therefore, be careful how you live when you go out. It is not enough to go to church regularly and contribute your substance. Jesus ought to rule your everyday life and keep your feet on the right path. Paul tells us as you read in 2 Corinthians 6, 14, 17 through 18, Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord. And touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. The underlying principle is that in a moral universe, it is impossible for God to fully bless and use his children who are in comprise, compromise, or complicity with evil. 
The poet said, the world is too much with us. Yes, and we are too much with the world, doing what the world does, going everywhere the world goes, and indulging in the same practices. Television viewers, if you are a child of God, then you must build a fence between the world and yourself. Once you are on the right side of that fence, don't judge others. Don't be critical of their lives. Don't think you are better than they are. But quietly and effectively, take your stand by the side of Jesus. Live a sweet, wholesome, consecrated, happy, separated Christian life. The third upward step of, is the step of consecration. We read in Romans 12, 1-2, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that he present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that it may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I often think of the kind of life I would try to live if I were not a preacher. I would probably be a salesman. I know that I would pray and ask the Lord to help me in my sales. I would be honest with all whom I approached. I would try and set an example to my clients and win them to Jesus. I would be faithful to my church and give God his tithes and offerings and be involved in every phase of the work. Yes, I could be a prosperous salesman and still lead a life that was dedicated and consecrated to Christ. Every good talent that is effective in the outside world could be put to good use in the church. But someone told me once, I don't have any talent to use for God. One morning I was preaching and a baby in the church began to cry. The mother tried to quiet the baby, but he kept on crying. The saints around her became nervous and wondered why she wouldn't take the baby out. I stopped preaching and said, don't pay any attention to the baby. It doesn't bother me, but you are embarrassing the mother. Maybe she could not have come to church if she couldn't have bought the baby. Then I turned to the mother and said, have you been born again? And she said, no. I said to the congregation, there. She isn't a Christian, but she came to hear the gospel. All of a sudden, a dozen sisters rushed over to take the baby and carry it into another room. I said, this thing pleases God. A dozen people want to make it possible for one unsaved person to hear the gospel of the kingdom of God and be saved. I gave the invitation. The little mother was the first to accept the Lord Jesus Christ. Surely, TV viewers, there is some little thing you can do for Jesus. Just dedicate your talents to him and watch for an opportunity to use them. In consecration, there should be a dedication of time. Give thought to this strange paradox in modern life. We have more time-saving devices than ever before, but less time for God. Make time for God, and he will make time for you. God is always on time. He is never too early or too slow, neither too late or too fast. There should be time to pray. Time for the Bible and time for the church. No man ever became a great Christian by dropping into church once a year or once a month or favoring God with one hour of his time. The last step is the step of glorification, retracing the steps to our salvation, then separation from the world, followed by dedication, and at the end of the way is glorification. A song goes thusly, he will give me grace and glory. 
Another song says, Oh, there will be glory for me when by His grace I shall look on His face, there will be glory for me. Yes, Jesus promises to share His heavenly glory with all those who put their trust in Him. On the Isle of Patmos, God pulled back the curtains of eternity and showed John all the glories of heaven. We read in Revelations 21:1, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. The Apostle Peter tells us that while God once cleansed the former earth by water, he will cleanse it once more by fire. Sin will be destroyed by fire. And the new earth will simply be melted and remade where sin will never enter. We read verses 2 and 4. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, neither sour nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain. For the former things are passed away. We also read Revelations 22, 1-2. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the midst of the street of it and on either side of the river was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. This tree which was kept from man after he sinned, will now be given back to the redeemed. It is interesting to compare the books of Genesis and Revelation to see how many things and persons have their beginning in Genesis and their end of fulfillment in Revelation. This is just a brief description of the new paradise that God has prepared for those who will obey his commandments. Therefore, David viewers, wouldn't you like to climb the steps of Jesus with Jesus one step at a time? Then at the end of the way, you will find that glory and joy of heaven for which you have been waiting. Thank you very much for being a part of us. And until our next telecast is your host, Pastor Billy Han Jr., expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come into your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hollow of his hands. In closing our program for this morning, we call upon our church band members to play a song entitled, Nothing But the Blood.
The preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.